Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. Time now to talk about college football. We actually have games starting in about an hour. TCU, Oklahoma, Miami, Boston College. But of course, the coup de grace, the entree of the morning schedule, Iowa and Nebraska with a total of 24 and a half on BetMGM. How excited are you here, Kate? And it doesn't get any more thrilling than that. An Iowa-Nebraska rivalry game. Iowa on the road. We've got an insane total, 24 and a half. We're gonna, it's going to be just field goal central this whole game. I'm not sure either team is going to find the end zone. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to sit in the couch and watch the entire thing, too. And I'm probably going to bet the under in it. That is uh, there that's you go. Very nice. Very nice. Joining us now to talk about that so much more is sports handicapper Matt Joseph of FTN. You can follow him on X at mid-major Matt. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Are you also going to bet the under between Iowa and Nebraska? Uh, I don't think I'm sadistic enough to do that, but I'm certainly not betting the over. It's funny. I see some people on Twitter. They're like, oh, this thing's got to go over. And it's the same thing they said last week, the same thing they said two weeks ago, the same thing they said three weeks ago. And guess what? It kept going under. Of course. Yeah, that, that is nine straight works. weeks or nine weeks. Here, here's a stat for you. This is from Matt Fortuna. He tweets this out all the time. Nine Iowa games with over-unders of 35 or lower since the start of 22. Nine for nine to the under. So you're right, Matt. Everyone wants to take the over, but they all just keep going under. Very good. Very good. Uh, well, let's let's talk about uh, some of the other games uh, that you like here. Um, as far as uh, something that's happening on Friday, uh, I mentioned Miami and Boston College. Uh, what's a play that you like in that game? So, I mean, this one's pretty simple to me, and it's one of those things where this is a game that Miami never shows up for in the past. You look at the past couple of years when Miami has those goals that they always set. They're like, all right, ACC championship, national championship. We're going to buy the best assistants, buy the best players. We're going to have the best team. And then they fall short in a game like this, heading up to Chestnut Hill where it's going to be cold, it's going to be miserable, there's going to be drunk Bostonians screaming things at you. They never show up in this game. So I'm taking Boston College plus the 10 here. I think that this is one of those things where Boston College is excited to get Miami on their campus. Um, I, I, I just want to see Miami show up in this situation. I, I, that's the only reason why I'm betting Boston College. It's not like they're good, but heading north to where it's cold after Thanksgiving, I just don't think Miami shows up for this one. What about uh, Toledo Central Michigan? Because Toledo's laying a big number. They're minus 10. But a lot of these games this week, teams are going to be fighting for bowl eligibility. And Central Michigan is one of those teams sitting at five wins on the season. One more gets them into a bowl game. How are you looking at this one? Yeah, this one, and this week I'm going to say it's very easy in quotes in terms of just trying to find motivation and just trying to navigate your way through. If there's games that don't have either team making a bowl, like I'm going to leave it alone. I don't want to try and guess what those kids are motivated by. I don't want to guess if they're going to show up or anything like that. This is your classic case of Toledo's got everything locked up. They're going to, they're making the MAC title game. Um, they don't have a chance to be the New Year's Six group of five team, so it's not like they need to keep their starters in there. And you just go back to last year in this exact same situation Toledo was an eight-point favorite at Western Michigan they lost the game straight up 20 to 14 Daquan Finn played like the first quarter and that was 
it. You've got Central Michigan, Jim McElwain, really good head coach. You've got a Central Michigan team at home that should be really excited to get Toledo. I think it's, you know, the Chippewas here plus the 10. Uh, motivation will be on their side. They have the better coach, arguably. And uh, I just think Toledo's going to sit their starters after maybe getting them a quarter uh, of action. Of course, uh, everybody is talking about the game. We've got Ohio State and Michigan uh, on BetMGM. We've got Michigan as three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 46-and-a-half. Lots of interesting storylines as far as this one is concerned. Of course, Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline. But then you're also wondering, okay, has Michigan had a rigorous enough schedule to where we can trust the data uh, that we have to rely upon as far as uh, – figuring out what Michigan's going to do in this game. Uh, Anything you like as far as uh, bets in Ohio State-Michigan? Well, it's funny because you could say the same thing for Ohio State. Both of these teams have played well. Ohio State had a three-game schedule because they played Notre Dame and Penn State. And Michigan had a two-game schedule because they played Penn State, and now they're playing Ohio State. So, yeah, both both these teams have a lot of great numbers, but I think some of them are false numbers. We'll find out how good Ohio State's defense is. Jim Knowles did such a good job with Oklahoma State, and now he's doing a really good job at Ohio State. But as you just mentioned, they've played nobody. The one thing I'm kind of looking at here, and we've seen a lot of high-scoring games the past couple of years, between these two teams I don't think that's going to be the case this year so I'm looking at the uh, first half under 22 and a half Ohio State's the number one first half defense allowing 4.4 points per game overall three points per uh, first half on the road Michigan is number two at five points per first half allowed 4.3 at home I think we get we get a feeling out process I think they you know there's gonna be a lot of three and outs early on I don't think anybody's gonna really expose their playbook I think we get a slow start to this one so give me the first half under as both teams kind of just feel each other out early on to see where the uh, the weaknesses may lie I actually really like that play. I may have to join you on that. It is crazy that this total is, is so much lower than what we've seen from these two teams in recent years, but just kind of goes to show, you know, at least quarterback play for Ohio State maybe a little um, downgraded from Stroud last year, so maybe scoring's at a minimum. Uh, Matt, you have a play in Virginia and Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia, the Hokies, kind of the Hokies, the, the Cavaliers, right? That's Virginia. Uh Three and eight yeah. on the season. They're not playing for much. Virginia Tech sitting at five wins, looking to get a six. I would imagine you're leaning towards the Hokies with the motivation. I actually am not. I'm leaning towards the Cavaliers in this one because you look at UVA down the stretch, they're actually playing really good football. And while I just said you kind of want to stay away from the teams that are not doing much and have no bowl future, the Cavaliers look like they want to play for Tony Elliott. And remember, last year this game never happened because they had the unfortunate uh, tragedy on campus. So this was one of the two games that got canceled. And so there's going to be a little bit of extra emotion in this one. I love the Anthony Calandria kid at quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's got great mobility. I think he's going to get at least one or two touchdowns for the Cavaliers in this one. And getting Virginia Tech to play at their best every week is just is just really tough because at their best, they're a pretty good football team. But at their worst, they are not very good. So I expect a highly motivated Virginia team here. I'd try and find a three. If the, I don't think there's any threes left out there. So maybe depending upon your sports book, try and buy the half a point if the juice is reasonable. But I think Virginia wins this game outright. I like the Cavaliers in this one. Very good. Got a process here that I want to ask you about, get your opinion on. Uh, when it comes to Texas A&M and LSU, Tigers 11.5 point favorites at home with a total of 66.5. What we saw LSU do last week with Jaden Daniels was keep them out there against inferior competition to where they were able to cover a rather large spread. And 
safe to say they're doing it so that Daniels has the best opportunity possible to win the Heisman Trophy. I wonder, given Texas A&M's defense being okay, but not spectacular, if LSU tries, say, a similar process where maybe it's not running up the score, but definitely they would have no problem throwing a few more bombs than they otherwise would, and maybe they cover the 11 and a half. So in this situation, I'd actually just take all the spread and total stuff out and just take the team total. Um, I think in college football, more than any other sport, you can take advantage of the team total market. And that way you don't have to even worry about the other side of things. You just basically say, all right, Jaden Daniels, get me five or six touchdowns, get me that number, and I don't even have to worry about the rest of it. So I would potentially look at the LSU team total over, maybe even look at some props involving Jaden Daniels, because, yes, that's clearly what they're doing. And and he should be going to New York, what, depending upon what he does in this game. That will probably decide whether or not he wins the Heisman. But take all that other stuff out of it. Just take the LSU team total total over and root for him to get all his numbers. Matt, uh, Oregon, Oregon State game, maybe a little bit uh, similar to kind of what you're talking about with LSU here. Oregon obviously needs a win. They can't afford a loss here if they want. I mean, their chances of getting in the college football playoffs still probably a little slim with that one loss. That is if Washington can beat Washington State. Uh, But laying 14 for the Ducks, I have to imagine that they are going to want to pile on the points and win this game by a massive blowout just to help their case if they are in that conversation for the top four teams. Is that kind of how you see this one going? Because you, you, you know that Oregon wants to win. It's obviously a rivalry game. They obviously do not like Oregon State. And, and, and normally I'd be like, look, Oregon State's going to come in let down after the loss to Washington. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is obviously Jonathan Smith's name is being mentioned to Michigan State. We're starting to see the rumors this past week that he's the number one candidate for the Spartans, and maybe they've interviewed him. Maybe they haven't interviewed him yet. And you know, once you start getting into the realm of distracted head coaches, that kind of trickles down a little bit to distracted teams. We saw what happened to Liberty last year with Hugh freeze when there were the rumors came out that Hugh Freeze was starting to interview other places they went downhill quick um, obviously it's a rivalry game and obviously Oregon needs to pile on the points but here's the thing like it would be really nice to get a win here but the win over Washington by margin and by a lot larger margin would be huge for them more because they think more eyeballs will be watching that game next week um, I think they're going to win I, I think once again you could look at potentially an Oregon team total over at home they are just such a good team they score so many points at home and as you said if they're going to need to win by margin margin why not just take the team total and say all right you know score me 45 50 points and then I win my bet that way as an SMU fan I can tell you all about coaches getting distracted and looking at other programs around this time of year (laughs) Sonny Dykes Uh, So, yes, uh, definitely, I think the process is sound there. And we're also seeing that uh, between UTSA and Tulane. Uh, It is possible that Texas A&M may be doing some courting in a game like this. Tulane, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Is this a time to back the green wave, despite the fact that really haven't been covering a whole lot of spreads lately? Yeah, they're kind of playing with fire. And it's so funny because I was getting into it with Tulane fans on Twitter because I said JMU was the best group of five team in the country, and they all got offended. And I said, well, don't beat Tulsa by, what, three points? I mean, Tulsa's one of the worst teams in the country, and you barely beat them uh, two points, excuse me. The three-point game was the three-point game they won at East Carolina, who's also hideous. So I still stand behind the fact that JMU's better than Tulane, but you're asking about this game. I like UTSA. Look, I was really high on UTSA before the season began, and we get this kind of – 
false start to their season. They start out one and three. And I think a lot of it was because the quarterback was hurt. I mean, obviously, when they didn't have Frank Harris, they were a completely different team. You know, look, you play at Tennessee, you're going to lose that game. The, the Houston game, that was a tough loss. There's a lot of reasons to like this Roadrunners team. Their offense is very good. Their defense is improving. I think UTSA is, is, is the side here on this one. You also have a play in Jacksonville State in New Mexico. What are you looking at that uh, in that one? So Jacksonville State's been a team that's been very good to me the last couple of weeks and this season. I had the over four and a half wins for their win total. And, I mean, obviously they, they went over that the first couple of weeks of the season um, because Rich Rodriguez is such a good coach. Now, because the NCAA is terrible and they, and they you know, took away the opportunity for JMU, they also took away the uh, opportunity for Jacksonville State. And I think they win this game outright. New Mexico State coming off the win over Auburn on the road, and they got the short week getting ready for Liberty in the Conference USA title game. I think there's no shot that New Mexico State is focused for this one. I like Jacksonville State on the money line. Obviously, I did not get a good number in this one because uh, they, were, they were underdogs and now they're favorites. I think Jacksonville State wins. Give me the money line here. I, I like the Gamecocks to take care of business. How about we talk about the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn? Uh, how devastating, I suppose, uh, that's the right word, uh, Auburn's loss to New Mexico State was in terms of trying to handicap this game. Alabama, of course, uh, trying to get into the college football playoff. They absolutely have to win this game. Uh, what are you seeing in this one? I think, uh, look, obviously Alabama, you know, it's funny. Alabama and Georgia are both in the same situation here. They both have rivalry games. They're both on the road. They both should win. It's how much they want to win by margin. And so that's what you're kind of looking at here. I think you're going to get a really good effort from Auburn in the first half. I think after last week, they have to be so embarrassed to not only play the way they did, but to lose outright at home to New Mexico State. So I think you get a really good effort from Auburn in the first half here. And then once it's close to the first half, you hit Alabama in the second half because I think the talent eventually wins out. But I think we get a really focused effort from the Tigers in the first half, and then we look at Alabama in the second half of this one. Florida playing uh, Florida State this weekend and Florida state, obviously without Jordan Travis, they are undefeated on the season. How how do you see their future playing out in terms of if they win this game, either by margin or just barely squeak by, does that matter in terms of if they do get into the college football playoff as an undefeated ACC team, even without Jordan Travis? You know, it's funny because I think they should be graded on the on the season as a whole. It's it's frustrating because I've seen some people say they should not be included in the playoff because of the Jordan Travis injury. But if you look at Florida State, their defense is really good. Their ground game's really good. They've got two or three NFL wide receivers. So look, Jordan Travis is the heartbeat of that team, and that's something you can't have for the rest of the season. But I think it's kind of shortchanging this Florida State team if you think he's the only reason why they're undefeated. So I think Florida State gives a motivated effort here. Obviously, Graham Mertz being injured, that doesn't help very much for Florida here. And in this situation, usually you'd look at Florida, but I feel like they're the type of team that loses this game constantly. Like they just, they haven't been what Florida was as old. I think Florida State comes out with a chip on their shoulder and I think they take care of business in this one. Nicely done. Matt Josephs, AKA mid-major Matt. Make sure to follow him on X with that handle. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is Becky L Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our plays for Rivalry Week of College Football. That's right here on the Becky L Network.